Hello, 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 and welcome to our second week of Community 618. If you don't know me, um, my name is Chris Handler, and I'm the pastor of this little church that me and my family are starting uh, here in the East Alton and uh, the, the surrounding areas, and we are just uh, extremely grateful that you're tuning in with us. Now, uh, this is our, our second week of uh, actual meetings. I've been writing for a couple of years now, getting and uh, we decided that we wanted to, to, to begin to uh, have some gatherings. And so last week we had our first in-person gathering and it was fantastic. We had all kinds of problems, which is to be expected. But uh, everybody that showed up, they, they, you guys bared with me and we got through it and we didn't get to put that recording up, but we, we re-recorded it, but we had a ton of fun. And so I was so grateful that you guys showed up. This week is our first online only. And so my hope and prayer is that in some way you'll connect uh, with me or my wife and you know our family. And you can do that in a number of ways. Uh, our phone numbers are out there. You can get a hold of uh, one of us. Mine's on my Facebook page. If you wanna get a hold of her, you can go to my personal Facebook page and get it and, and get my number and I'll, uh, I, I, I will get, get you hers. Uh, you can use our, our email address, which is my community and then the numbers 618 at gmail.com or you can uh, use the, the the dms on our church uh facebook page or our youtube page but again i'm just so grateful that you guys showed up but since this is this is our first online only uh please check in in some way let me know that that uh you're watching it would be a huge encouragement there was a a, a bunch of views on last week's message but i have no idea who you are so I would appreciate, you know, let me know, let me know, let me know who you are. Um, we began a conversation last week and we were talking about this idea of what kind of world do you want to live in? I grew up with this, uh, and it's, it's kind of a cliche, uh, but my, I don't know if I remember what my grandma taught me or uh, my parents taught me, but it's, it's, it's always stuck with me and I'm sure that you've heard it and I'm sure that it's stuck uh, in some form or fashion with you, but it's this idea of leave it better than you found it. And you know, it's not just when we go to a park, we pick up trash, or or when we go to a friend's house, we we help clean up at the end. You know, it's this idea that I want to leave the world better than I found it. You know, it's it's I, I've been saying for the past few years that it's just it's a weird time to be alive, and 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 it is. I'm you know some uh, I'm I'm 42, and I've never experienced anything like what we just went through. Um, I've been in the, the, the windshield repair business since I was, uh, for the most part, since I was 18 years old. And it's it, the, the business side, it's, it's, it's a weird time to try to be out and, and, and to, to make a living. And so, you know, there's a part of me that, that looks and I'm, I just, I, I'm concerned for the next generation. I'm, I'm worried about my, my, you know, my kids and them having to interact with this world. Uh, you know, and, and, and this being, you know, they, they don't, they, you know, are not going to understand what it was like before we, you know, we've had the past few years. And so, you know, I, I just, I wanted to begin talking about this idea of leaving it better than you found it or, or creating a world that's worth living in. And, and what we began to say last week was that I don't know that our little community, you know, and, 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 and the, you know, our, our, the messages that we're talking about, I don't know that we're going to change the whole world. I know that Jesus has the power to, but I do know that we can change our worlds. 
You know, we can change our communities. We can change our the cultures of, of, of our work. We can change the cultures of our, our, our family. We can change the worlds that, that we live in. And we said last week that, that, this, that, that the way that we do that is by, by paying attention to when we are bumped, right, either physically or metaphorically, emotionally, however you want to look at it, that when we our, our personality bumps into somebody else's personality or we physically bump into somebody else or somebody cuts us off in traffic or just whenever we bump into somebody else, right, we bump what comes out of us is simply a reflection of what's inside of us. And if what in, what's inside of us looks like evil or hate or division or frustration, that that's what's going to come out of us. And it might be there and you've been just piling it in, repressing it, holding it in, holding it, holding it in. But you know as well as I do, sometimes the smallest little thing, it happens and boom, all this ugly stuff comes out. But then on the other hand, we looked at something that one of Jesus' followers, the Apostle Paul, said in Romans 5. And, and, and he said that there's some other stuff that's potentially uh, that we can get inside of us and that we can, uh, for lack of a better term, repress and, and bury. And he, he calls these things the fruit of the Spirit. And he says that it's things like love and joy and peace and forbearance or patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That what he does is he calls these things fruits. And you know as well as I do, I've got kids that love fruit. You just, you just, you know, you don't plant a tree and as it starts growing, go pull it off. You have to wait and let it grow and you have to let it mature and you have to let it ripen. And so I, I don't think it's weird that, the, that, the, that this is what the, one of Jesus' followers calls them. He says they're fruits. You've got to get them inside of you and you've got to let them grow. You've got to let them mature. You've got to let them ripen. And you've got to choose whenever the bumping happens, you get to choose what comes out of you. And you do that by being careful of what you allow to grow in you. Now, you know as well as I do. You let, you know, you let evil inside of you. You let suspicion inside of you. You let... Um, uh, lies or slander inside of you. Whatever you allow inside of you, it's going to grow. But on the other hand, if you choose these things uh, that the Apostle Paul is talking about, and that's in the, if you, if you have a Bible in the book of Galatians chapter 5, if you allow that to grow inside of you, that's what's going to come out of you. Whatever you allow inside of you is what it's going to come out of you. And so we said the first step, maybe, or not maybe, the first step to um, growing better fruit inside of us is to begin to look at people the way that Jesus looked at people. When he saw, when he, when he was approaching Jerusalem, the place to where he was going to go, and he, he knew that he was going to go and eventually be arrested and uh, brutally executed, we said that the way that he saw the people, the average people, he saw them with compassion. Now, I don't know about you, but when I know people have ill intent towards me, and they didn't at the time, the religious leaders were going to get the people all riled up. But when I know that there's the potential for someone to, to, to harm me, compassion is not the first thing that comes to mind. But there was something that was inside of Jesus 
that he knew that even though this was going to happen to him, that, 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 that he wanted something better for the people that were around him, that he wanted something better for, for his people, for his nation. And so he, he, there, was, there was something that was inside of him that even though these people were going to harm him, that he was able to look at them with compassion. And so what I want to talk about is what, 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 what I believe that is. It's these, these characteristics. And I know that they're, they're, uh, they're ideological. And, and, and I know that, that uh, it, 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 just, it might not even seem possible. But I just know in my life, as I've began to see people um, that I you know, grew up with and went to high school with, uh, and I didn't see many of them for a long time. Uh, until you know, we got older, I began to coach their kids and stuff like that. The number one thing that's always said is, this is not how I remember you. And it's this. It always comes back to, to Jesus. He's completely changed my life. He's changed my world. And I know that he can do the same for you. But the first word that Paul talks about that I want to dig into today is this idea of love. He says, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And what I think, and, 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 and maybe... Um, you know, I'm wrong on this. Maybe the, the fruits of the Spirit are all these things. But I think what he's trying to communicate is the fruit of the Spirit is love. It says it kind of singular. And then I think the rest of the words he said that, that, that he uses that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks is how that are words that he uses to describe what love looks like. But so, you know, the, from the context of what we're doing, love is it's just going to be this big kind of overarching umbrella. But if you... I've ever stopped to think about it for a few minutes. Love is, it's simply confusing, right? For lack of a better word. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, if you ever stop to think about all the ways that we use the word love, right? We use it very casually. We say things like, I love coffee. I love my wife. I love steak. I love nachos. I love coaching my kids sports. I love coach. I, I love my kids. I love pizza. I love Jesus. I love reading. I love going to the gym. I love, I love, I love. Right? We use it to describe positive feelings towards a whole number of things. Now, if for when my wife listens to this, that the, uh, the the list that I just gave wasn't in any particular order. Yeah, right. But but that's the problem: is that we use the word, we use it very casually. And, and um, hopefully that my love for Kim is different for, from my love for my kids and that my love for my family is different from my love for coffee and my love for food is different from my love for sports, right? But we use the same word. And I've thought about this a lot because I drive a lot and I just... I, I stop and, you know, I, and it's, I don't know, it's just the, the, the weird mind that God's given me. I think part of the problem with using the word love so casually is that we understand in certain realms, it's okay for our taste buds to change or our preferences to change, but in other realms, not so much. Here's what I mean. When it comes to food, there's foods that I like today that I didn't like when I was a kid. I, I have grown to if it's if it's cooked properly, I love asparagus. As a kid, I wasn't touching it. As an adult, um, I, I like uncooked broccoli. As a kid, I wouldn't even touch that, cooked or uncooked. It was just it was gross. I've got a kid who loves broccoli. 
and I think she's extremely weird. You know, as a kid, I didn't like steak, but as an adult, I've grown to really. There's, I, I, I haven't met a steak that I haven't I, that I don't I don't enjoy as a kid. I thought it was that we were uh, living large when we'd go to Ponderosa, that used to be in Wood River. Um, little did I know, right? There was a thing called Texas Roadhouse, or, or, excuse me, a lot, lot of Water Creek. I had no idea, but that's that's I thought the Ponderosa was, and I'd get this chicken thing, and 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 I had the option for steak, but I didn't really like steak when I was a kid. But as an older, my taste buds have changed, and I've begun to like things that I didn't care for. Um, when I was a kid, uh, I didn't really care to stop and watch baseball. You know, if we went to a game, I was ready to go by the fifth or sixth inning. And I don't know if it was just my fidgety and maybe a, a touch of ADD, you know, I, I, but um, I didn't really care to watch it. I was always, I was always a, a hockey person and I still love watching hockey. And so, but as I got older and as my kids began to play sports, and I began to watch them and have more of an appreciation for it and be able, began to coach and became invested in it some. I really enjoy watching baseball now. I was very disappointed to watch the Cardinals get put out uh, last week. Very uh, disappointing and frustrated, right? as probably many of you were. Um, but my, my, my tastes have changed. My hobbies have changed. And then I come to people. And when we talk about food and we talk about hobbies and the word that we use is, yeah, I love and then I don't, and then I love and then I don't, or I don't love and then I do. And it's just natural that we would assume that we approach people the same way that we do the other things, right? But that's not what Jesus teaches at all. We're supposed to have a different love for the people that are in our lives. But if you're like me, it's very easy for you to go, I like you, I, I used to like you, uh, yeah, you did some things and boop, no more. Or yeah, I don't really hang out with people that are like you. Or, you know, I, I, I just, you know, you, you messed up, you know, you're out. But all the problems that we have in our life, they're not food problems or they're not hobby problems, they're, they're people problems. And so we live in a world to where what's happened is it's become very easy to hate. It's become very easy to divide. It's become very easy to, to look down upon. Even though we know that Jesus says that our highest ideal, that our, 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 our highest motivation ought to be to create a world of love. Now, it, now as I said, that you know we, we live in a world to where hates become commonplace, to divide's normal. But that's not the world that I want to live in, and I don't think it's the world that you want to live in either. See, if you're like me, you want to know that your kids can play outside, and you don't have to worry about somebody coming and snatching them. I, I, you know, I'm pretty confident about you know my uh, the people that live immediately around me, but I don't know the ones that are a little bit farther. I don't know who's driving down the street. I don't know where they're from. I don't know if they're just up to up to no good, right, in the neighborhood. I just, I just don't have any idea. And so I'm leery to let my kids play outside, especially when I'm not with them. That wasn't always the case. We all, you know, if you're of a certain age, you've got the same stories that I do. When we was a kid, that's all we did. We were out and we, we ran the streets and be home by the time the streetlights come on. 
Right? Our parents, and we didn't have cell phones. No, they had no idea if we were hurt or lying in a ditch. Right? They, had, they just had no idea. It was, get out. Okay, there's no way I'm doing that today. When I was a kid, I had a paper route that was a mile from my house uh, and it kind of at the, at, the, at, the, at the farthest and I worked my way back, you know, and, and it, it, when I first started, it was at night. After about a year, it got moved to straight mornings and there was multiple times that I was chased by big dogs and my parents, they had no idea. I'm still scared of big dogs. It just is what it is. But the, you know, the rule was don't fall off your bike. If you do, bad things were going to happen. And so you just, we just, we just did it. There's no way I'm letting my kids do that. I'm too concerned about the, 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 the world that we live in. I want to know if my wife's car breaks down that someone's going to stop to hurt her and not harass her. I want to know that when my kids go to school that they're going to receive acceptance. And, 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 and I know it's, it's completely unrealistic, but that's the world that I want to create. It's the world that, 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 that I want to, to, to live in. And then we bring that over to the church and, and we want to, you know, followers of Jesus, we want to believe that the church is different, but it's not, right? For years and years and years, right? We, we, what we've done, we are the uh, original cancelers of people. Whether you go way back in history to things like the Crusades, right? Which was uh, completely awful. And, and, and hopefully, you know, over time, you know, that, that we, we, we know that they learned and they began to treat people with more dignity and respect. But even today, we look around at the people that uh, come to our, our services, right? If you don't dress like us, canceled. If you get a divorce, canceled. If you, uh, uh, if you if are part of churches, you know, uh, been a part of churches in your life, you'll, you might understand this. If you take communion in multiple cups, canceled. If you take communion in one cup, canceled. If you clap or stand during singing, right, you're canceled. If you don't clap or stand during singing, right, other churches, you're canceled. Uh, in some churches, if you use musical instruments, you're canceled. If you smoke cigarettes, canceled. If you drink alcohol, canceled. If you associate with, canceled. If you voted for, canceled. Right? We started this forever ago. And so now that the church has began to come, become under scrutiny and we are definitely receiving, you know, uh, hate from uh, the, the, the world around us, we shouldn't be surprised that a lot of that's gonna get turned back on us. We've been canceling them for years. When what Jesus actually said was, we're supposed to love the world around us. See, it's so weird that we've gotten maybe the cart before the horse on this because the Apostle Paul, again, in a different letter that he wrote, he talks about this. He says in 1 Corinthians 5, what business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those on the inside? See, he, and he goes on to say God's going to judge those on the outside. See, what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to judge each other, those of us inside, and not no, you're not doing that right. But we're supposed to critique and help uh, each other that are trying to follow Jesus. Part of our ethos and part of uh, what we signed up for is to try to make the people that we're around better. But those that don't come into our buildings, we're to have nothing but love for them. They didn't sign up to play by the rules that we did. They didn't sign up 
to make Jesus their Lord and Savior like we did. And so we, those of us that are inside the church, we're supposed to love them. And one of the ways that we do is to help them see themselves for who they are when they ask for it or when it's appropriate. It's not like we walk around with a little checklist going, you're doing that wrong and you're doing that wrong and you're doing that wrong. That's not how it's supposed to look and we'll talk about that in the future. But for those people that aren't inside of our, our churches, that, that are not followers of Jesus, that, that they're on the outside, we're to have nothing but love and compassion and acceptance and grace for, just like our Heavenly Father had for us. See, Jesus talks about this uh, in, a, in another context, in Matthew chapter 7. He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? He, Jesus is looking at, at, at the people that are, are, are following him. He's looking at the, 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 excuse me, not those that are following him. He's looking at the, 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 the Pharisees that we talked about last week, the ones that were harassing Jesus, and they were attacking uh, uh, the, 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 the non-church people, and they were attacking Jesus, and they were just nitpicking and nitpicking and nitpicking. And he goes, you're coming at me, but you're dealing with the same stuff. Right? He goes, why do you, well, you're, you're trying to get uh, uh, the gnat or the speck out of my eye, but you've got this big plank that you're swinging around everywhere and you're hitting people. He's basically, he's calling them hypocrites, right? Which is the number one complaint of people who don't go to church, what their opinion is of people that do, right? See, we've got to get back to the way that, that, that the Apostle Paul taught this. We have got to look at each other and help each other become better, right? We're obviously hypocrites. We don't have everything together. We're never gonna have anything together. It's one of the reasons that the Apostle Paul says, look, let certain characteristics grow in you because he knew that, that, that our propensity was to let either other, or to let other characteristics grow in us. But, 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 but and, and so as they're growing, we have grace and we're gonna make mistakes but we're not to hold those that are outside of our churches to the same standard that we're to hold each other for as we're trying to make each other better. And so what does this love look like? See, Jesus tells a story. And if you brought a Bible, go ahead and flip over to Matthew chapter 10. He tells this, excuse me, not Matthew, Luke chapter 10. See, he tells a story. There's a man, another uh, 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 one of the people that the Pharisees were sending after Jesus to harass him. Um, there's a man that comes to him one day and he's trying to trap Jesus. And in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 25, he asks, he, this, is, this is what happens. It says, one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, right off the bat, this is a guy that, that, that when you were a part of that society, you knew exactly what the answer to that question was. What he was doing was he approached Jesus because he was hoping that Jesus was going to say something different than what everybody around him knew. And that way he'd be able to trap him. And that way that he would be able to gain um, some notoriety, some publicity, uh, maybe some influence and power with the other religious leaders that were uh, around Jesus and were around at that time. But Jesus doesn't take the bait. He puts it right back on the guy and he says, what's written in the law? How do you read it? 
And so the man answered this. Okay, again, the question is, how do I get eternal life? How do I have a relationship with our Heavenly Father? And the man answered, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength and, 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 and with all of your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus answered, you, or Jesus said, you've answered correctly. Uh, excuse me. If you do this, you'll live. Right? That's the church answer. Right? And the man, he, he knew it. If you were to go out and you were to invite your friends to church, right? I did this a couple of weeks ago. I've been inviting a lot of people to come to our both our in-person and our online-only events. And a, 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 a guy who is becoming a, 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 a friend of mine and uh, his family is becoming a friend of our family, I invited him to church. And his response was, yeah, we're not really church people. And I had a couple of, of, of thoughts about that. The first one was, Either they've looked at church people and they go, that's just kind of weird what they do, right? They, they, they read this thing that was written, you know, uh, over a period of time around 2,000 years ago. In no other context do we do that unless we're reading like biographies or history, trying to learn from the past. That's kind of weird. They, 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 you know, I'm sure that he's thinking they come together and they sing together. What there's right, maybe at Christmas, you might go caroling, but there's no other context that we do, we do that. You know, he could be looking and going, you know, uh, and this is an argument that the atheists make, which I, I you know, I, I find fascinating, you know, uh, and I'm going to be careful how I say this because I don't know if you have little ones running around, but there's certain holidays that there's, that they're centered on certain people, um, that, you know, he's going, look, you know, as you get older, um, you stop believing in, uh, um, certain, uh, like I said, uh, characters around that, that come around uh, holidays. Uh, and, and, and so why wouldn't you, as you get older, stop believing in right, your other imaginary friend, right? This thing that we call, that, that, that church people, we, we, we call praying. Right? And so I thought maybe he's looking at that and, 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 and going, okay, like the guy here, love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength, right? If I were to ask you in particular, how do you do that? It might be those very things that 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 he would be, you know, that would, would come to his mind. But the problem is, is that Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes on. Oh, excuse me. The man goes on, and he brings up this other concept: love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Right? Do that. Do, do the churchy things. Go to church. Right? Weird. Read your Bible. Weird. Pray. Weird, right? Sing together, weird. Give, weird, right? He goes, but then he goes, but, and, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus goes, exactly. And so the man, he goes, he, he wants to know, so, so what does that look like? He goes, because I got the other stuff down. I go to the synagogue, I go to worship. What's, but this other thing, this love your neighbor as yourself, it says that in verse 29, he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, so who's my neighbor? Great question, right? And so I stop to think. When I look around me, right, I've got three people that live behind me because there's an alley and then there's people. I got a person on both sides of me and then I've got three in front of me. And without you know, pointing fingers, I, I go, huh? Seven out of eight, right? Uh, one of them's a little tough, but seven out of eight, no problem. I, you know, I, I can love my neighbors, right? I did the math. It's, it's, that's, that's, 87.5%, right? That's that's passing. It's a B. It's right. That's that's fantastic, right? 
But Jesus has a different idea of this. See, that's what that's my thinking is is what, what this guy's thinking is. Who who exactly is my neighbor? And so Jesus, it says this in verse 30. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by robbers. See, this was a common this so there's there's certain parts of certain cities that you avoid, right? Because they're dangerous. That's what's going on here. This was a notorious spot. It was common to find this kind of thing going on. It says, they, 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 not that it makes it right or good, there was patrols that happened uh, from Rome who was occupying uh, um, Israel at this time, but this, this did happen. This is a world where life is cheap and might makes right, and if you've got it and I want it and there's more of me than there is of you and I can take it, I'm gonna take it. That's the world that Jesus lived in. Doesn't sound too far off from the world that we live in. But it says they stripped him of his clothes, they beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. And then all of a sudden, excuse me, a priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. Now again, that was common. So what would often happen was people that were harming other people would leave the person that they harmed in the road as bait. So when others came and they would stop and they would you know, take pity on him, everybody would jump out and then grab that guy and beat him and take all of his stuff and then pull that body away and, so, and then they would leave their bait back out there again. But the priest, what, 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 I, what I, I need you to see is that he would be like your pastors. He would be like the guy that led the worship services. And for, and, 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 and for him, it would have been at the Jewish temple that he would have been either doing some teaching or he would have been in charge of the sacrifices. But when he came down, the religious leader, the, uh, the, 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 the church guy, the guy that's being paid to be good, right, is he came down and he was going you know, either from Jericho to Jerusalem or was going the other way, maybe he was going towards the temple. He saw the man and, and um, I'm sure what he was thinking was, I, 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 got, I, got, I, got I got stuff to do, I'm busy. I got to get to the temple. I'm supposed to go lead worship. I've got a religious thing to do, right? I'm, I got to go love God with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so he saw the man and I'm sure he thought, man, any other time I would stop, I would take, you know, I would do something, but right now I've got to go. And so he just went to the other side and, and he, just, he just left the guy there. And then it says this, so to a Levite, a Levite, would have been, they, they were the people that did the day-to-day -day operations around uh, the temple. And so for us today, it's your people that volunteer at a church, um, maybe like your elders or the, the other ministers, that, that these were the people that, that just took care of things, right? You look at him and you go, it's a great guy. He's invested in his church. He obviously loves God. And it says a Levite, when he came to the place and he saw him, he too passed by on the other side. And if you're like me, you're going, what, what's, these are the people that are supposed to help. But also if you're like me, you're going, that's not who church people have been, right? Canceled, canceled, canceled. I'm really sorry. I don't have time for you. I've got to get to church, right? There's, I, 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 I you know, I've got to be there. That's what, that's what it looks like to be a good church person and to love God, right? But then the story goes on in verse 33. But a Samaritan, I'll talk about that in a second. As he traveled, came to the place, excuse me, as he traveled, 
came to where the man was, and when he saw him, took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on olive, excuse me, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. And so a little while later, another man walked by, and the Bible says it was a Samaritan. And like I said, uh, and so what that was, was there was a lot of tension between the Jews and the Samaritans, to say the least. And at some point in the future, I'll explain what that was all about. But for now, to know, um, it was a racial tension, and it was a uh, 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 um, a socio-economical tension, and the Jews looked at the Samaritans as less than, and so for the man that's beat, this is the last person that he would want to be the hero. For all the Jews, uh, the Jewish people that are looking at Jesus and are listening to Jesus, this is the last person they want to be the hero of Jesus' story. And so for a second, what I want you to think about is if you were ever to get in a bind, who is the last person that you would want to help? Maybe it's somebody that you used to be friends with. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's uh, uh, there's maybe maybe there's a, a touch of racism, and there's a group of people, right? Maybe, maybe you know I I don't know what it is for you, but stop and think who's the last person that you want to come to your aid. See, that's who this man was. That's the Samaritan was for the guy that, 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 that was in, in the ditch on the side of the road. For the priest and the Levi, he's the last person that they want to be shown up by. He's the last person to want to do what they should have done and then to get praise for it. But it says this Samaritan, as he traveled, he came to where the man was and he took pity on him. See, Jesus is making the point, this is what love looks like. It doesn't matter if they're different from you. It doesn't matter if you like them. It doesn't matter if they, you know, that you despise them. It doesn't matter. It's what love looks like is as you are out, as you are just going about your business, as you're taking the kids to school, as you're going to work, as you're going to, to the store, what, as you're going about your business, as you see somebody that needs help, you help. That's what love looks like that you on purpose make the decision to ignore who they are and because of what they are in need, you step in and do something. That's it. See, that's the world that I wanna live in. That's what I was saying earlier. I want my kids to be able to play outside and not have to worry about the who's coming down the street because I know that, that regardless of what they've got going on, that they're gonna help me keep an eye on my kids. I wanna know that if my wife's car breaks down, that she's not gonna be harassed. I wanna know that my kids, when they're, when they're at school, that they're gonna get love and acceptance when they blow up, when they say something stupid, because that's what all teenagers do, that they're gonna receive grace. I wanna know that when I'm at work, and I go out of my way to try and help people at work, and part of that's because of this, and part of it's because I know there's gonna come a day when I make a mistake, and I want them to have love and grace towards me. I see that's the world that I wanna live in, and that's what Jesus says that love looks like. 
He goes, that's the, the, the operating system. That's, that's the overarching idea that when you're out, you're looking for people that have a need, that are in trouble, and you go, I don't know anything else about them. All I know is they need a hand, and guess what? I got to. And so Jesus says, if you want to create a world worth living in, here's what it means to love. Now remember, here's what the context of this verse is. The man's asking the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? How do I know that I'm loving God appropriately? How do I know that God loves me? Maybe a better way to say that. How do I know that, that God loves me? And he's going, and Jesus goes, okay, how do you read it? And the man goes, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. See what I think, and Jesus, Jesus answers him, correct, you are spot on. Do this, and you're right. What Jesus is trying to communicate is the number one thing that God's looking for, the way that we show God that we love him with all of our heart and mind and soul and strength is yes, to do, right? Read our Bible, pray, meet together, all that's important. But if it's not characterized with this other side, this concept of love, this idea of loving my neighbor, all of this is, it's, it's for nothing, right? We're wasting our time. We're giving a bad impression to the world around us. Uh, maybe that's what we've done, right? And so what our challenge is for today, what I want you to think about is when you're bumped or when you're out and you look and you're, and, 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 and again, you're not going out going, I need to go, I need to be more loving. No, you're looking for people that are in need. You're looking for people that need a hand, right? For you to look around and go, yep, I'm going to step in. I'm going to help. Or like I said, when you're bumped that you purposely, on purpose, choose, I'm not going to respond with indifference. That's what the church people did. That's what the priest and the Levite did. I'm not going to respond like that. I'm going to respond with love and compassion and dignity and grace. That's what it looks like to be a person of love, to change your world, to create a world worth living in that's characterized by love. See, later on, the Apostle Paul would go a little bit farther. And he says this in that Galatians 5 verse a few verses before he gets to the, the fruits of the Spirit. He says, um, the only thing that counts, right? That's kind of a big deal, right? Um, in uh, uh, that, that story that Jesus tells in, in Luke chapter 10, it's put into uh, another context in uh, 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 the book of Matthew. In the book of Matthew, uh, the guy comes and, 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 and the story's told just slightly differently. And he says, what's the most important commandment? Isn't that what you're after, right? What's the most important thing I can do? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. In the Galatians 5, the apostle Paul says, look, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Not how much I read my Bible, not how frequently I attend church, not if I'm praying, right? Not if I'm, 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 I'm worshiping and I'm singing, not if I, it was, all those things are, 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 are great and they're a gift and you should 100% be, 
be uh, engaged in them. But he goes, if it's not done in a spirit of love, if we're not loving our neighbors as ourselves, not canceling them, but adding value to them, loving them, he goes, that's how you make a difference in your world. That's how you change your world. And that's how you create a world worth living in. See, that's what I want. It's how I'm going to, that's how I'm trying to leave it better than I found it. I'm trying to add value to the people that I'm around. I'm trying to, to give them grace. And I don't always get it right because inside of me, the fruit's still growing. And sometimes instead of grace, what, 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 where I'm at, my day, my frustrations, what, where, where I'm at, I'm at indifference or I'm at frustration. But as I uh, continue to walk with Jesus, as I blow it, as I, um, not on purpose, but as I'm a hypocrite, as I'm, you know, boom, walking around with the plank in my own eye, right? As, 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 as I'm like that and as I'm allowing Jesus and my brothers and sisters that are around me to point things out to me. It was adorable the uh, other night. There's something that I've asked Gwenny, uh, my five-year-old, to stop saying. And she likes to say, I told you, and then whatever it was, whenever she wants something and we forget or whatever. And so I've asked her, I said, you sound kind of rude when you say that, honey. Would you please stop saying it? Well, the other night, and, and, and Kim and I were talking and I said, look, I, you know, I told you and blah, blah, blah. And it was, I was reminding her, I wasn't like getting on her, but Gwenny goes, uh-uh, dad, we don't say that anymore. That's what I'm, that's, that, that's the relationship that we're supposed to allow into our lives from the, from the people that, that love us and are on the same trajectory with us, right? That they, I've also said that they're, that they're loving Jesus and that they're trying to follow Jesus, right? They're trying to make us better on, on inside the church but the people that are on the outside, we, they didn't sign up for that. So they get nothing but love. They get nothing but grace. They get nothing but compassion, right? And so this week, this is what I wanted to, to, to spend a moment talking about, right? Make sure that you're a person that is being love for wherever you're at. If you have to ask, is that person my neighbor? Jesus' answer is yes. When you're on the way to work, yes. When you're at home, yes. When you're when you're uh, at the grocery store, yes, they're all they they are your neighbor because they're who you're in proximity with. So keep your eyes open. Go love your neighbors. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I want to thank you for never giving up on us. We're so grateful that you take the time to love to, to to love us, that you forgave us. Your word says that while we were still your enemies, that you stepped in and showed us compassion. Your, your, your word says that we can never do enough to, to, to have a right relationship with you. And so you offer us grace to make up the difference. God, help us to live a lives that, uh, that create a world worth living in. God, help us to examine what comes out of us and to, be, uh, to pay attention to it so that we can uh, choose, that we can on purpose choose what we allow to grow inside of, inside of us. And God, as we look around, as we look at our friends and our neighbors and our families, help us to choose to be love when everything else inside of us wants to scream a different path. God, give us the courage, give us the wisdom to know that, 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 that you have the idealized, that, 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 that it's through you that we can 
create the world that we want to live in ourselves. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Have a great week. And please let me know where you're at. Let me know who's, you know, if you're watching this, I would love to connect with you. All right. Bye-bye.